Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello and welcome back to the Bruce Banana FC podcast where um, uh, I'm joined by Ben and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben Branning Free. My name is Luke. You can find me on Twitter, Eckelkin. And we've got a bit of a, like a bonus episode here just to talk about the, the news that David Ornstein revealed earlier this morning with that Charlie Patino is looking to leave Arsenal in the summer for first team um, opportunities. He's been on loan at Blackpool in the championship over the course of this season, has made 33 appearances. Um, Ben, I guess the, the first thing to go through is that the timeline of Charlie Patino Arsenal is he was obviously so highly rated just coming through a bit more physically developed, a bit taller than the, than the rest of the people kind of in his year. And then last season, he comes on against Sunderland, gets his first goal at the Emirates against Sunderland. And it always, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to word it, but it, it felt like out of all the people that, we've kind of had doubts upon on saying Arsenal, like there was doubts over in Inkete, there was doubts over Balogun. Um, now there's doubts over people like uh, Nguyen, um, uh, some of the people in the under 18s. It never really felt like there was doubts over Patino. It always felt like he was going to have the season alone in the championship. And then it felt to me like next season, he was going to go on loan to maybe a Premier League club. And then maybe the season after that, he'd be knocking on the door to, like cup competitions, maybe getting in fringe players. It depends like how the team looked after that. But it feels like he doesn't really go down that route. He wants to to go and be a legitimate first team player somewhere. And, you know, you've seen that with the likes of when Jane Sancho left Manchester City really early. He went to Dortmund and played a lot of football. Obviously, um, Bellingham left the championship to, to play for Dortmund as well. So it does feel like for every... Foden that Man City have where he's kind of happy to sit on the bench and wait for his chance to be slowly integrated into the first team you also get a lot of players that just are too ambitious not in a not in a derogatory sense but like they want to go out they know they have the ability to want to play football so the first thing I'll ask you is what was your reaction to this did this news surprise you do you think that in, in terms of if we look at it from a Charlie Patino standpoint try and cut Arsenal out for this first question do you think this is a good move for him Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a good move for him. Um, I think that he needs to be playing regular football. He's nineteen, you know. I think he's made like thirty odd appearances for Blackpool this season. Um, he's done really well despite them being quite poor. But he's clear, like he is not, and I'm sure he knows he is not going to be playing regular first team football for Arsenal next season, irrespective of um, you know who we sign or who we don't sign at the moment. He's not in that category. And the cup competitions we can offer him, you know, if we look at our recent history in the cup, the, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup since Mikel Arteta took over, since, well, since we won it in 2020, we've exited pretty early. So there wouldn't be that many games there either. We're back in the Champions League. He's not going to be playing group stage games. You know, if we're pot three of the Champions League, for instance, we're not going to be chucking him in at the Bernabeu or, you know, uh, Juventus or whoever. So I don't think he'd get much football at Arsenal. And I think that him going somewhere where he can be settled and be integrated into the side and know that if he has a poor three months, it's not going to fundamentally affect his development is, you know, a massive thing for him. And I'm 
I was disappointed because I think he's a really talented footballer, but I completely understand why he's choosing to go on a permanent basis to find find his home effectively. Yeah, I do agree, to be honest. I think that the, maybe the, the, the problem we have, which isn't really a problem, is that Arsenal have gone very quickly from Europa League football to now we're going to be going next season into Champions League football on the back of either you know, having won an unlikely title or, or or fighting for a title next season. That is going to be the expectations of us next season. And when you have that kind of ambition and the type of links that are kind of to us where, you know, multiple people have reported that Arsenal don't view it as, as, as a Caicedo or a Rice, it was very much that they wanted to sign Caicedo in January and then also sign Rice in the summer, which makes it seem like even if we don't get those two specific targets over the line, Arsenal are looking at high quality central midfielders to um to reinforce the team and it looks like we're going to buy multiple of them and I do think that when you have those ambitions and you're fighting for those types of titles and you're looking to sign these players pathways inevitably are going to be blocked and it does look like Patino probably does look at that kind of news and maybe he's a bit more privy to it than than we are but it looks like he's probably looking at and thinking where do I get in and we had that that same kind of question of other players so I guess, you know, the, the the first thing to say is, um, Justin said it um uh, before we started the pod is the the what the youth team is there is to supplement the first team and, and even though organically you want that to be with people like Saka coming through and becoming a first team regular and being dubbed Starboy and signing like a like a new contract and kind of being almost like the poster boy of Arsenal, that's what you want. But obviously that isn't always gonna be the case. Sometimes these players aren't going to have pathways and they're going to have to move on. And then the club has to look for the best way to, to get a good deal on them and then reinvest that into the team. So I guess the next thing would be, how would you want Arsenal to kind of structure a deal? Like, like, do you think that Patino is going to be looking to go to a mid table to lower league Premier League team? Do you think he's going to go kind of top end of the championship, given on the fact he's been playing this season for a relegation candidate in Blackpool and in terms of structuring the deal, would you prefer Arsenal get as much money as we can, or would you rather them kind of knock off a bit and hope to get a buyback in case we had to, we, we want to sign him back in the future? I think that you definitely need to have a buyback. I mean, if he's as good as most of the Arsenal fan base seem to think he is, based on having watched him a couple of times, um, then you know we'd be stupid not to add a buyback. And you look at the deals that, especially in recent. Uh, seasons for me have been really good and that's Chelsea as much as we laugh at their transfer business I think putting a buyback in for Tammy Abraham and putting a buyback in for Tino Livramento both excellent pieces of business um, you know they got money to improve their first or theoretically improve their first team while also you know making sure that should they should the players become the players that they could be with three years experience that Chelsea couldn't offer that they suddenly have an option to buy them back as effectively a finished article um i think the same with man city and you know romeo lavia who's been excellent this season so i do think there is you certainly need to have a buyback i'd be happy to forego maybe five million in order to um to have a buyback in there you know i don't know how much the transfer is going to be but if it was anything sort of double figure money i'd be happy to forego three four five million to make sure that we had either first refusal or a buyback set 40 million 45 million 
Um, I think that would be best for everyone. You know, Patino can go and play football for as long as he wants. Um, a stable club. He's not worried about where his next loan move is going to be. He's not, you know, thinking about that. He can just go and focus on football. And Arsenal get some money to maybe put towards Declan Rice or Moises Caicedo, whoever they want. And also in three, four years' time, when Granite Jack has moved on and Thomas Partey's moved on, or we've moved on Jorginho and Alneni, you know, all this stuff, we can sort of say, well, now are we in a position where we could offer him regular football? And is he good enough to be playing regular football in the Champions League? Which is a question we need to be asking of every single Arsenal squad player at this point, because. This season we've been so reliant on thirteen players that we can't we can't do that next season, especially if we are playing Champions League football and we want to run deep in all the cups. You know, we need to have a squad of like City, twenty twenty three players that you can put them all in and be fine with it. You can't have a a Rob Holding or a you know, a drop off like maybe we do a Kieran Tierney at the moment that we have to make compromises for and we certainly can't just chuck Patino in and hope he does the same things that you know, Granit Xhaka or Thomas White to do. We don't have the time to bed him in. So I think giving, getting, getting paid effectively to potentially send him on a three-year intensive training course almost and then buying him back for a bit more is by far the best way to do it if he wants to leave permanently. Yeah, and I think another thing you have to take into account is it's not just the players ahead of him, it's also the players that behind him, like the likes of Miles Lewis-Skelly, who has been pretty revolutionary in the under 18 team that isn't even old enough at this point in time to sign a professional contract. I think he's still only 16 years old. It's not just that, you know, at the moment Arsenal do have a lot of senior centre midfielders. You referenced them there, the 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 Onenis, the Jorginhos, the Parties, the Jackers, who are all either late 20s or early 30s. Um, and it does take a bit of time to get through. Like, I still think that, from what I remember, like, Xhaka is still being touted as signing a new deal. Um, uh, Jorginho, we've only just signed. Um, and then he's probably going to be here like another season, but like it's, it's still people in the way. And then obviously, um, if you do add to that people like Caicedo and Rice, then you know the 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 door to get through to the Arsenal midfield does become pretty pretty blocked. And and if someone like Miles Lewis Skelly continues the kind of development we're here in, in touted as, where you know it feels like we're seeing clips every week of him picking up the ball with, uh, in the number six position and just kind of running straight through 17 players to, to get to the opponent's penalty box, then, you know, eventually the noise is going to start about him, whether or not he deserves a shot and, and where he features and whether or not he's going to go on loan or come, you know, straight into the reckoning of um, of being included in kind of cup competitions and stuff. So I, I do think that it makes sense for Tina to go. And I agree with you in that if you're going to forego a bit of money for a buyback clause, it makes complete sense both for club and player because at the end of the day he doesn't have to come back if he doesn't want to but it kind of there's a fail safe mm. there for the club where if he is open to it and if he does reach the potential that he potentially could that that you know there's a, a reasonable price there because I, I do think maybe the the one drawback for it in terms of selling him is that it, it kind of takes certain clubs out of the equation like um, I don't think a club like Brighton who may have been interested in previously because you can see that they've had the likes of uh, like Conor Gallagher on loan and, and things like that um, not Conor Gallagher, so Billy Gilmore on loan. Billy, Billy Gilmore on loan. Um, uh, so they've they've been open to kind of taking you from the big teams. I would normally say Southampton. So to, to me, like this is in previous years, this is like a sign of Southampton written all over it. Um, and you've seen it where they've taken Lavia from Man City, as you said, they took Livermento from Chelsea. The fact that they're probably getting it relegated, I don't know if that scuppers that bit. Um, I, but I think that 
if they do get relegated and Patino is happy to go to a kind of a, a top end championship club, then giving him to uh, to Southampton for a, a team that has proven they're happy to put buybacks in these deals and also kind of give a lot of time to to young players, obviously the youngest team in the league this season, <laughs> then that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm not sure where else kind of jumps out at you, but I think that if I think he's ready to play Premier League football from from what I've seen of him. To be honest, I think that whilst your first season in professional, yeah, but football, is, is he is he ready to play? Arsenal oh no, 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 we've seen no, so no. we've seen so many highly <laughs> yeah. rated players at Arsenal. You know, I remember Fran Marida, Gideon Zeller, you know, you? even Kathleen Kurgeon, like three, three, four mm. years ago, was considered. Incredible, and you never. This is the thing. He has been very unlucky with injuries, but you never know what's going to happen with Patino. He's only nineteen, and he may be a fantastic talent. But we've seen so many times that sort of talents become these, like like Maitland Niles. You know, these twenty-four year olds, twenty-five year olds who are going to lose on a free, having turned down money previously. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a case where you have to know when to get out and know how to get out. And I think we're getting better at that, especially if you know, if we sell Patino with a buyback. To me, that's a really good way of getting out of sending him on loan again you know he wants to leave Arsenal are okay with him leaving provided we can get a buyback he could come back in three seasons as a world-class talent if he was that good and I do think another thing you have it protects us it protects the player like it makes so much sense and you also look in the sense that um when a club has a player permanently they're much more inclined to to want to develop that player because they know they're going to kind of get something back from it it's Mm. it's different from when you put a player on loan to a a team where their their thinking is very short term their thinking is very how can this guy help us in this season? Whereas um, if he goes to, let's say, like a Southampton or a Crystal Palace, I'm not sure like what kind of teams are going to be looking at him if it is Premier League teams, and we give them to him permanently with a buyback clause, and they think it could be, you know, how can we develop this guy to potentially receive this buyback clause? Because teams like that, they like like in an ideal world for them is they sign a player for, for like 15, 20 million and then sell them, 40 million, do you know what I mean? That's that's easy profit. Um, I do completely agree. He's, he's definitely yeah. not ready to play for us first team for Arsenal. I still think that he's still got a lot of round along the edges that we've always seen at Blackpool. I, I do think that the fact that Blackpool, quite a poor team, has kind of marred that a little bit yeah. because the, the games I've seen him play for Blackpool, he has looked um, pretty head and shoulders above the rest of those players. So I would be quite like interested to see how he does playing for you know, dare I say, a, a competitive team in, in the league that he's playing in. Yeah, but like ne- the, him being here for another season doesn't help anybody. No. You know, he doesn't take Arsenal to another level in the same way that Declan Rice would. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he's he's sitting on the bench. He's doing that uh, Matt Smith role or the Amari Hutchinson of last season, sitting on the bench, getting maybe pity minutes here or there when we're 5 nil up and he comes on for 10 minutes or whatever. Um and, you know, he doesn't develop. Arsenal don't get anything from him. And all that happens is his value decreases to, you know, he then has to restart and maybe go back to the championship or, you know, a lower level because he hasn't kicked on in the way that maybe people who watched him this season thought he would. Yeah, I mean, that's it really. And it, it says a lot about the work that Mertesack has been doing with, with the youth. The fact that we have, you know, people like Smith Rowe in the first team, Saka, you know, he's like the face of the club. Um, you've got other people like we spoke about Lewis Skelly early, uh, earlier. Like obviously, um, there's Noineri um, as well. That yeah, Ethan yeah, Nuenary. we don't know what's going on with his contract. Obviously, he's very highly rated. And obviously, we've got other people like 
Patino could easily go to Premier League club. Maitland-Niles playing for a Premier League club. People like Nketiah and Nelson have played legitimate parts of our season. So, you know, the, the work that we've done with the youth over the last few seasons has been pretty stark, I think, pretty pretty incredible. And I think that when you're... Yeah, and not, not every player is going to make it Arsenal. I mean, exactly. you know, there's 18 players per age group <laughs> that come through every and single year. And a lot of them have talent. And yeah. Arsenal have a... 25-man squad, and all of them could be talented. You know, Amari Hutchinson's crazy talented, but look what's happened to his career. You know, he, he's been badly advised, but it's the same, like, if there's no way for them to play regular minutes, and in an Arsenal side that wants to challenge on four fronts next season, there is no way for many academy talents to play regular minutes, then they're better off elsewhere, and that's the truth of it for Arsenal, because, you know, they don't take up a squad space, and also for the player, because they get to play football, and they don't become disillusioned or, you know, want to move on in the future for less money, you know, that sort of thing. This is much better for it to be amicable this way. It's like a breakup, isn't it? You know, mm. you want it to be amicable. You don't want to sort of put it on a back burner for a year and then decide, actually, by the way, oh, but I love him. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. You barely see him anymore. <laughs> We've just, he's been growing distant over the last eight months. You know what I mean, you can't change him. <laughs> it's too late. No, I do completely agree. To be fair, it's um, it's it's one of the situations that, especially when you're a club like Arsenal, that's so revered for like in- inclusion of youth, it's always hard to see a talented player come straight through Haylands and it kind of be cut off there and and say that you know the pathway just maybe isn't there and it's going to go. Um, I do think that's a good place to leave it. We just wanted to jump on and kind of do this bonus episode just to talk about Patino because obviously, um. I think that the the opinion around him is pretty similar, but it's it's, it's good to talk through. Uh, we have actually also just recorded um, the preview to the Chelsea game. It's going to be out later today, so um, please tune in for that as well. Um, uh, um, I've been Luke. You can find me on Twitter at Eckelkun. Uh, I've been joined by Ben. You can find it at Ben Brown and Freed. This has been the Bruce Banana FC podcast bonus edition. We're going to try and do a few more of these as well when topical stuff comes up. I hope you have a great day, and as I say, look forward to the Chelsea pod, uh, preview podcast later. is joining in and he's seen Martinelli extraordinary set it for Saliba for Kyle Saka beaten out by the race and touched in by Jesus Kyle Saka oh,